welcome to Side Talks. Podcast time. That's right. It is podcast time, as you probably know, because you're listening to this. Yeah. And um, you know what? We're in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. We're affiliated with the Sidewalk Film Festival That's and true. Film Center and Cinema. Yep. And pretty we, pretty good organization. Yeah, pretty good. We talk about movies. That's what we do. Uh, so you want to talk about some movies? Um, yeah, I guess so. All right, let's do it. For over one million years, Rachel and Corey have talked. And now they share with you one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Their list of the top 200 films. Man, we are burning through them. Getting ever closer to the top 100. When we hit that 100 stride, Ooh. things are going to change for me a little bit. Yeah, they're going to get nuts. I'm going to change for you a little bit, too. It's like a vibe, a little bit of a different vibe. Some different of that vibe. top 100, they get you. Yeah, different vibe. So I don't I don't know. Let's just get going here. Um, My 120, you ready for it? Let's hear it. Uh, my 120 is The Craft. You know, despite my last name... I have never seen The Craft. How the hell have you never seen this I film? don't know. It's just Corey, one of those things. you've seen some of the bottom of the barrel, I, and you haven't seen I The have. Craft? I have never seen The which Craft. Which is a classic. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. All right. Well, can you please watch it and get back to us? Sure. Okay. So that's my 120. I mean, how can it not be on the list somewhere, right? Not the greatest film ever made. Not even probably the greatest film made that year. Certainly not the greatest film of that decade, but a film that has stuck with me for various reasons and of course one of those being the one and only nev campbell ah well sure uh i bet she's gonna pop up in a in another uh entry or two oh she will that's my you know i i have a place in my heart for scream queens and man oh man can you think of a better 90s scream queen she is literally the queen of scream so true so true well, anyway, I'm sorry. Um, I could. I'm actually starting a Nev Campbell podcast, so I'm going to save this for that. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, my 120 is a movie that we've we've talked about a little bit already on this podcast before. Um, probably my favorite movie uh, by Darren Aronofsky. It's The Fountain. Um, oh. His wild sci-fi um, 2006 uh, romance thing uh, with Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz. Uh, it's really good. You got my attention when you said Rachel Weiss. Yep. Um, my one nineteen. Speaking of Aronofsky. Uh oh. Oh, you don't get don't get excited. You're gonna be mad. Oh boy. It's that black swan. I'm not that mad. I just you it's know as we've swan. already talked about, I don't really like this movie very much. <laughs> uh, but I get it. Everybody else does. It's fine. I've made my peace with it. Oh, one nineteen black swan. Did I mention that 119 was Black Swan? You did. You mentioned it. Go ahead. All right. My 119 is a movie called RoboCop. It's about <laughs> a RoboCop. Um, one of uh, my favorite Paul Verhoeven movies. Uh, just a masterpiece. And part of the Criterion Collection. Am I wrong? Absolutely is. And deservingly so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let me hit my 118. A uh, little bit of a change of tone. A little bit of change of pace. A little bit of change of color. All That Heaven Allows. Oh, I love this movie so much. Great it's film. in my top 100. Uh, we will talk about that again very soon. But oh, I yes, bet. I love this movie. And quick question for you. Do you consider that a Christmas film? 
Yeah, I think so. I do too. Yeah. I do too. It's got a wintry little appeal. Not all the way through, but some little bit of it is But some part of it takes place part, at yeah. Christmas. And it's got that big picture window. And man, oh man, does this thing somehow feel like Christmas to me. So anyway, I place it as a great Christmas film, but um, others might disagree. But huh. you will not disagree if it is a great film no. or we will, you know, bare knuckle fight you. Great, great movie. Um, 118 for me, a selection from last year's drive-in edition of the Sidewalk Film Festival, a movie that I revisited recently. I was worried that it wouldn't hold up for me. Candyman? No. <laughs> no. Uh, some, you know, not, not too far yeah. afield. Um, Donnie Darko. Oh, great film. It holds up. It holds up. It man, holds up oh, so well. It's so good. Such a good film. Yeah. Don't care what anybody says. The the uh, the montage sequence coming out the back of the bus to Tears for Fears. Yeah, that's so good. It's just a great, it's just great visual storytelling yep. and uh, really well put together. Man, I mean, aside from about a million other things about that film, so uh, no disagreement there here. Um, okay, well, my one seventeen, I think you're going to like a lot. I think okay. You're be happy about this selection, and that is Waiting for Guffman. I am happy about this selection. This this is a tremendously funny movie. I love Christopher Guest, yeah. and the Christopher Guest players. Oh, there's so many great moments in this movie. Yeah, really, really funny. And can I make a little suggestion to folks who may already know this? Some of you may already know this, but some, if you do not, um, if you can get your hands on one of the Blu-rays or DVDs that has the special features, there are some amazing outtakes and yeah. some really wonderful audition footage on some of these discs that are out there of this film. And um, I highly recommend doing that if you, again, if you haven't or if you forgot about that, a little reminder. So my 117 is a Best Picture winner, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest from 1975. Light little fun little film. <laughs> Great little um, pizza movie. Pretty intense. Pretty intense. Woo! Yeah. You said it. You said it. it. That's one of those that for me gets so pitch dark mm -hmm. that – and I mean I say this with a bunch of entrée on my list, so I don't know how <laughs> – there's just something about it that keeps me from wanting to ever see it again – and that keeps it off of list for me. And I, I, it doesn't mean it's not a great film. It just means it doesn't make one of my lists. I don't think it will be much of a surprise to you or listeners to know that when I was in high school, this and the novel by Ken Kesey were pretty important to me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise that's me. A, that's a very high school boy thing, though. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, well, my 116 is a film that um, I don't, you know, if you if you haven't heard of it, I go go seek it out and find it. It is an amazing film and one of the great – one of the best films I've ever programmed. Uh, it is a film called Without starring Jocelyn Jensen. I don't know this one. It is a great fucking movie. Without. Um, it is about a woman who is house-sitting slash watching an elderly man um, in, in, in the woods, very remote. It has been a minute since I've seen it. And when I say minute, I mean years and years. Uh, but actually, now that I mention it and it being on my list, I'm going to revisit it. Yeah, It's um, this person, she's also experiencing heartache at the same time. It, it Talk about a great quarantine relevant film. Um, I mean, she's basically in, in seclusion slash you know, quarantine for, mm -hmm. for reasons of grief and sorrow and also employment uh, all come together to – to put her where she is and it is a it is a great character piece and i can't recommend it enough nice so anyway it's it's again it's called without cool i'll have to check it out 
Uh, my 116 is a very, very famous and beloved and influential Western from director Howard Hawks, Rio Bravo. Great film. With John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Ricky Nelson. Nice. And the great Angie Dick- Dickinson, too. Yeah. Gosh, I love Don't this movie. Don't forget her. It's one of the best, like, hangout movies I think you'll ever see because there is, you know, a pretty – there's a ticking clock yeah. plot, right? But but a lot of the movie is just, like, them all hanging out and shooting the shit and, like, Walter Brennan is there doing his Walter Brennan thing. And, gosh, it's so good. Well, my 115, Connectivity, here, is also a Western. It's a neo-indie Western, yeah. but a Western all the same. From the Zellner Brothers, Damsel. Damsel! Uh, starring the one and only Robert Pattinson. This is a this is a one and only sort of performance, all right. I mean, Agreed. you've never seen anything quite like what he does in this movie. Um, he defines bitch boy. Boy, does he. And... You know, I think I think if memory serves, we watched this movie together at my place, at yeah, your place, at the loft, and consideration for sidewalk. Yeah. Which I mean, I was pretty much already like, y'all, this is in. If you don't like it, let's fight. Um, and you liked it. Oh, of course. I mean, it, what's not to like? Um, this movie takes some turns that are yeah. quite unexpected, but boy, is it entertaining. Yeah, I I love it a lot so much so that it landed at one fifteen on my list, which. You know, for for hey Zellners, we love you, but I mean, for you know, for a light little indie, that's pretty good to end up in a in a big list like that. Absolutely, uh, one fifteen for me is a screwball comedy classic with Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant called "Bringing Up Baby." Wow, lots yeah. of uh, paleontology related mishaps. There's a leopard. There are actually several leopards. Um, and, you know, what's not to love about uh, a movie where Catherine Hepburn essentially plays the god of chaos, bringing, like, uh, ruin and eventually romance everywhere she goes. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, My 114 is a film that I know that you like a lot as well. Talk about a little – talk about a, a freaking character-driven piece. Talk about a mean little bitch of a movie, <laughs> a film called Her Smell. Oh, I love Her Smell so much. Powerhouse performance in this thing. Um, clearly inspired by Courtney Love. Yeah. And I don't know. This thing, I could, it's unforgettable, this film. Yeah, it is. It's so good. I mean, talk about something also that does not take the expected no. uh, path. No, it doesn't. Um, because I, I, you know, you, you watch the first couple little chapters, let's say, of this movie, and you think you know what this movie is. And then it takes a turn in a different direction that's really, really remarkable. And that's where this movie went from, like, really good to great yeah. for me. Yeah, it's almost two films in one, and I mean that in the best way. Yeah. And watching someone spiral and have a fucking come apart at this level that happens in this film is, uh, I don't know, it's it's tough. At the same time, it's, it's you can't take your eyes away from the screen. I am an Alex Ross Perry guy, yeah. and I love this movie. Yeah, Al, and also Alex Ross Perry, fan of Sidewalk and um, supporter of us and, um, and friend, you know, acquaintance slash friend and uh, gr- great work by him. So. Yeah, totally. My 114 is Michael Mann's Collateral, starring Jamie Foxx and Thomas Cruise. He plays a silver-haired hitman We've in talked this about movie. This film before. It's so good. Just call him Daddy. I love it. Um, my 113, you're going to like a lot, I think, as well. A very original Edward Scissorhands. Hey, no argument here. So much a texture of pop culture, really, and sort of imagery sticking that we don't, I think people don't 
really recognize it as as being as wholly original as it was when it came out. Hell yeah. Also a great Christmas film. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, closing things out for this edition, my number 113 is Jacques Tati's Playtime, um, one of his uh, Monsieur uh, Hulot movies where Hulot is in a very, very modern Paris. Um, uh, the, the set decoration and um, just general design and direction in this movie are just you know, unparalleled. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's an amazing movie. Um, cool. the, well, that, that rounds out this entry into our top 200 films, um, which was all sunshine and rainbows today. Oh yeah, totally. There's nothing on my list at all that might make you cry or, you know, want to, um, <laughs> depart this world. Well, I guess I meant just like in terms of you and I mostly agree. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that is true. Um, that is true. Um, you know what? I'd love to hear what, what folks think. Uh, I'm sure there's some stuff we've been listing that they don't agree with that they really dislike. They're uh, wrong. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I, I've got some, we both have some kind of controversial stuff on our list. So, um, podcast at sidewalkfest.com. And um, if you don't like us and you don't like the films, we'll cage fight you. Reflections. Wow. I know. That got a little distorted. I know. I, I intended it to. Um, I'm, I actually intentionally made that bad, but I really can sing. <laughs> they, you know, they offered me a couple of, of the leads in, in the Heights, and I turned it oh down. Oh, my God. Um, I turned it down because the movie's already, I can just tell it's so bad. Um, didn't like the script. Anyway, are you okay over there? Let's reflect, though. Let's let's step away from the heights and reflect. Okay. First of all, I want to. This is less of a re, of a reflection and more of a um, confirmation. Okay. We've talked about Chloe getting our executive director Chloe Cook getting a neck tattoo for a million dollars. Sure. Um, and you know, and donating that clearly to the festival, and boy, oh boy, the things we could do with the million dollars. It would be like you, you know, what Kevin Smith did when when they he got the budget he got from All Rats, right? Um, no. What did he you? He immediately called a producer and said, "Well, I want a chimpanzee." Yeah, that makes for sense. no reason. Sure. And so they brought they brought him a monkey. Um, okay. Well, good for him. And so anyway, so yeah, so really helped Mall Rats. I do feel like if we had a million dollar budget, I might say we need a monkey. Um, anyway, she's willing to, to confirmed, confirmed, uh-huh. she's willing to get a neck tat for $1 million. So I'm putting it out there, y'all. Sure. If you got the $1 million and you've just been waiting for somebody to get a neck tat, she didn't specify what she would get, but she said definitely. So I feel like there's a, I feel like there's, I feel like there's some limitation there. I can, I, I can I'm think sure. of some, I've seen some graffiti on my way here, but I think she would probably be opposed to, but I, I think it's pretty wide net. Um, so anyway, that's confirmed. Yeah. We, we did kind of throw that out there on a recent episode without asking first, but, right. but it was confirmed that, that yes, a million dollars is the price tag. So, uh, write us a check. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you can talk to Chloe, have some input in what that tattoo is within reason send us a jpeg um okay so let's get serious now and the first thing i want to talk about is inspiring and just picture you know that emoji that red face emoji with the bar over its mouth yeah just picture that real quick okay so nbc new york news source here Uh um questionable news source but news source all the same (laughs) are you gonna start is this a diatribe (laughs) against the fake news media what's happening here well yes because what did they just recently say 
So my understanding is that there was a story in, in NBC New York about the upcoming Tribeca Film Festival, which is resuming in-person screenings in the city of New York. And Congratulations to them. Yes, that is For a sure. momentous occasion. For sure. Um, but, but they did say um, that this would be the first in-person um, film festival since the, the pandemic began. And I believe that the, the, well, obviously one of the, um, points of contention is no, it's not because, you. um, sidewalk did, uh, obviously its own in-person film festival, uh, last year, um, at the drive-in. I mean, that, that's got to count for something, well, right? Well, of course it counts for something. We were the largest, from my understanding, and I'm no M- NBC New York, but, you know, my understanding is we were the largest all in person because we did not we do... We did not do a virtual We did aspect. not do virtual screenings. Now, we did some virtual panels. We did, you know, some things like that, some educational stuff, but we did not do any screenings online. And so we were wholly in person and we were, you know, the largest from my understanding. So the the more accurate way to phrase what NBC New York said in their story is that Tribeca is going to be one of the first festivals to resume indoor theatrical in-person screenings at a film festival. Right. Um, But to say it's the the first in-person film festival is is not only reductive, it's inaccurate. That's right. And I mean, I'm speaking about Sidewalk, but I'm, I'm also open to the, to the fact that like, there are probably others that did, you know, that have done some, something similar to Sidewalk. Well, we, just, we know that, that, you know, our friends, for instance, at Indie Memphis right. and our friends at the Oxford Film Festival did drive in components for right. their well, recent festivals. And so did Sundance, right? So well, I mean, absolutely. But I mean, if you're going to say all, you know, completely in person, you know, that's certainly Sidewalk has a special feather in our cap for that. But I do think I do know that there are others. Now, we sure. were the my understanding is we're the largest. If anybody wants to podcast at SidewalkFest.com and let us know that we're wrong, I'm, I'm happy to look at that. Um, but I'd also like us to get together and share this information with M- NBC New York. So anyway, I'm a little irritated. You know, it's it's film festivals are more than the big four. They're just right. they're more than the big four, and that's all we ever hear about. And blah blah blah. So I'm pissed. But whatever, fine, fine, fine. Um, and other news. Well, New York is clearly making a comeback, right? From yes. the Pandemic. We're going to see how this goes. And of course, again, this is no slight to Tribeca. Like we love Tribeca. It's a great festival. Um, we, I am super happy for them. They, the other part of this article is that my understanding and my memory serves me correctly is that, uh, they are 100% capacity radio city music hall with a audience that's vaccinated. Wow. I did not know that. So yeah. So that'll be interesting. That's a big deal. Very big deal. Very, very big deal. Um, and, and other news coming out of New York in the last couple of days is that uh, sort of a little bit different sidestep here is that IFC Center has said they are going to, no matter what is being told to them by the the, the city of New York, or mm-hmm. the state of New York, or the federal government, that they are going to continue without a deadline in sight, uh, requiring masks at all screenings. Yeah. So that's an int- another interesting you know, sort of what are we doing? How are we going to handle this sort of phase of the pandemic, so to speak? And that's another interesting piece of news coming out of uh, New York right now. I imagine it'll still be a couple months before a lot of organizations and businesses, especially movie theaters, feel entirely comfortable lifting their mask mandates. Um, You know, vaccines are 
widely available, but they are not, you know, they haven't been acquired yet by even everybody who wants a vaccine, especially in heavily populated areas like New York City. Right. The rollout is still ongoing. So so I do get that hesitancy. Um you know, I, I also think that there are going to be other theaters, not only in the New York area, but possibly in our area, that before too much longer are going to open for business a little bit more broadly. We have theaters in the area that have been – that have cut their hours pretty significantly that are about to, as of the release – um, of A Quiet Place Part 2 right. and Cruella. They're going to bump up the show times, bump up um, the, capacity. the capacity, and bump up, um, you know, like the, the Summit Theater is going from three days a week to seven days a week uh, at long last again, uh, starting on May 28th, which will be old news when you're hearing this, but that's not nothing. You know, the, the business is slowly but surely reemerging from this hibernation. Um now, the IFC Center, I, that's a theater that I've been to a couple times. I'm sure you've been to I've there been a couple, times, a couple yeah. times. We we know that the clientele at the IFC Center is generally a little older. Um, so if the mask mandate is something that makes their customer base feel more comfortable to come back to the movies, then all power to them. Um, but, but hopefully, you know, in the next few months, this will you know, continue to be less of a concern as, as the vaccine rollout continues. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, so many thoughts here and I, and I will spare some of them. Uh, but one of which is I'm not sure how they're bumbling through this, this era because a mask on would suggest that, you know, you're requiring a mask period. Like there's no, and it's a very hard line, sort of the article. I can't remember the exact tweet or headline, but it was a like, you know, we are a no exceptions policy. It it suggests, and, and some of the comments suggested too, that it's it, there's no concession sales, that you're not enjoying popcorn or Which sodas is, or is drinks. Which is clearly one of the major aspects of the exhibition business. That's where a lot of only way the you, income comes from. You know, hey, trade secret, y'all. Theaters don't make any money on ticket sales. Right. I mean, and I'm, I'm being serious. Like more and more and more and more. I mean, understand, please, that, that I... Studios require sometimes up to a, you know, 53% is a pretty common number to get yeah. 53%. And when you, when you do the math on, on, on a cinema's, you know, overhead for operation and the staffing, well, I mean, the ticket sale doesn't make it worth it. No. I'll put it that way. So yeah, that's why when you go to the, most people listening to this are not going to be surprised by this, but that's why when you go to a movie theater and popcorn is $10, it's damn $10 for a reason. Yes. So I don't know how I, I, I I'm not disagreeing with you here about you know the policy. If IFC feels that that's what's comfortable, if that's I mean certainly, but how the hell are they surviving this damn thing? Mm, yeah, I mean it's it's tough out there. I I think they're just holding on for dear life and hoping that that as as vaccination rollout continues and and. Uh, you know, as as their their customers grow more comfortable, that they can resume normal operations sooner yeah. rather than later. Uh, at least that's what I would I would think. Now, let me ask you a question. Sure. I mean, y- you and I have both been vaccinated. Yep. Um, for a little while now. Um, are you are you rocking the mask when you go to the movies? I don't want to. But but do you? A uh, sidewalks policy is in place that yeah. you wear one, so I obey that policy. Uh, when I go to the multiplex, I obey that policy. I do I do I 
always, even when I'm not hungry and don't want popcorn, I always buy a popcorn just yeah. because I, I know too damn much. And so, you know, I, yeah, I mean, and I'm, you know, I went to a, a film this past weekend and you better believe I took my mask. It is uncomfortable to sit in, in a movie for two and a half hours in yeah. a mask. And so I take it off to eat and drink, but I try to ab- abide by whatever policy is in place. The, it, the comp that said, I don't, you know, this, I, the CDC came out with the, with the, the revised, the guideline. revised guideline that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear the mask indoors or outdoors. I, we followed the we followed the CDC when they said wear the mask. Yes. So when they said don't wear it anymore, I feel very comfortable taking the mask off. Sure. Now I know that's controversial. I know that there's some people who don't agree with that. I am just trying to wrap my head around why when they say to do it, everybody, you know, said look CDC CDC, and when they said you don't need to do it anymore, everybody goes ah that's just the CDC. I mean, there's an element of like trauma to this, right? Like everybody's okay. just like. You know, slowly wrapping their heads around the life returning to normal. I mean, I, I I'll say this: I I am also comfortable not wearing the mask in public anymore. But I do it more often than not, if only because it's become habitual. Okay. Um. Now, like, realistically, if I am in a movie theater and I wear a mask for most of the time, right. but like I take my mask down to eat popcorn or drink something. Whatever ex- whatever thing I'm being exposed to has happened. You're like, going to get the, the flu. mask back, <laughs> back on, on is not really right. going to stop that. I if just, I'm having snacks, I just took it off to eat a mozzarella stick. Yeah, I got the flu when I took exactly. it off to eat the fucking mozzarella so, stick. So, so I think I think that we we need to be realistic about what masks <laughs> can do in a setting like that. But as as far as I'm concerned, with this recent revision of the CDC guidelines, whatever you know, fear or anxiety I I used to have about going to the movies with my vaccination status, what it is, I I no longer have that fear or anxiety. Now all I'm waiting for is movies to come out so I can go see them. Yeah. Um, And and to have the time over the summer to go see these movies. Yeah. And you asked me a kind of a funny question because, uh, I mean, let's face it, I shamefully, because I know that this would have put everybody's blood pressure over the top. But I shamefully went to movies during the middle, during the height of the. I was yeah. I was there for that Russell Crowe explosion of, of head bashing when a vaccine wasn't even in sight. I know. And I pulled that mask down and ate popcorn in that room. So yeah, you better believe that. I mean, you know that it it is a difficult. This has been a difficult era politically. It's divisive. I mean, yeah. I'm just telling you that that is what I did, and in the moment that I was doing that and maybe I didn't need the popcorn, but my instinct was it doesn't matter whether you're eating the popcorn or not. You're in this theater with the, you know, right. I needed to do the thing that I love to do. I don't know how else to say it. It's, you know, and everybody else in that room was taking the same risk that I was taking. I didn't, I didn't go to an old folk home, old folks home, you know, retirement home and start and start hugging people. I went to a movie theater where we were all consenting to be very far apart from each other, yeah. but to be in that space. Um, and I, I got a lot of, I got drugged for that. I, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times I went to the movies before I was vaccinated. Um, I did go a couple times. Yeah. Um, because like you, like, you know, what was a, at most, like, you know, twice or three times a week activity for me before the pandemic, you know, just shutting it off completely. 
I mean, you can only withstand that for so long, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Now, we, we did try to be um, kind of strategic about it. And uh, most of those times that we went to the movies before vaccination, we tried to go to matinee showings where nobody else was yeah. present. Um, so, obviously, that, you know, not exposing yourself to volumes of people will keep you safer. Um, but, but that was my strategy and I stuck to it as much as I could. But, but now that I'm vaccinated, I guess the ultimate thing to say here is if you've got the vaccine, go back to the movies. It's great. It's so much fun. Remember the movies? It's <laughs> Remember great. Those things? You get to have popcorn. You get to have soda. I went to see, uh, the, the new saw movie at sidewalk last week. Yeah. Had a ball. I mean, we'll talk more about that movie a little later. Um, because the movie is whatever, but just the fact of, of going back and having the popcorn and being, you know, being able to like, I, I was also kind of alone in the theater. And so I got to cheer and scream and be like, you know, active with the movie, which is not something I would have done if there had been anyone around because I would have felt self-conscious about it. Um, but it's also a Saw movie, so I don't know. We're, Saw movie. Relaxed. I think you can do whatever you want. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I had the best time. Yes, it's so, that's the thing is, I, this is what I don't want to hear people say. Remember going to the movies? Like, that's the thing, right? Like, that was part of it. Part of it, it's a very layered reasons why I returned to the movies when I did. We were open at Sidewalk for Tenant at that time. Yeah. We And I wanted to put my money where my mouth was. If, I, if I'm going to be a supporter of us opening back up, I'm going to be a customer to that too, both at Sidewalk and at the multiplex, sure. right? And so that was part of it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, but the other part is that they need customers. Like we have, like we're going on two years now and we need that support. So I'm not asking people to do anything that they feel is unsafe, but yes, let's look at what the CDC says. Let's, let's look at, so here's the, and I, this is going long, I know, but you know, the other question I have, because I, I know that I was met with a lot of criticism, you know, I, I mean, I lost friends through this thing. Um, I'm, I'm wondering though, you know, Kathleen, your wife mm -hmm. is a singer, opera singer. Yeah. How much was it weighing on her during this last, you know, during the year, the really the bulk of a year yeah. that she wasn't able to perform, that she wasn't, and I know she was doing some stuff, but like, it certainly was way Not different. Not anywhere than, close to what she was How doing. did that affect her, you know? Tremendously. Like, okay. Yeah. Just like it affected all of us. I mean, I don't think that we can find any single person whose life and whose passions weren't affected to some degree by the pandemic. I mean, we all lost Absolutely. something. And, and you know, slowly we are regaining or coming back to whatever it is that we lost. Is it different? It's still a little different. It's still a little weird. But, you know, for you and I, the passion that we have followed for most of our lives has been cinema. It's been, Since I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, it just, it's in my blood. Yes. Like, I, you know, I, that first film, I think I mentioned this when we talked about me going back, this first, that, the first film I went to, which was the, what is the hell's the name of that thing? Unhinged. The, unhinged. Okay, unhinged. Like, I cried. Yeah. When I was, that is, I was, I cried, y'all. I, I got sat weird in when I saw And believe me, it wasn't because of Unhinged. <laughs> Um, which is a movie I think is, is kind of fun, but it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it is a, it is a very weird first run back. I mean, it was, it's a hammer to the head of a film and then literally in the film, a hammer yes. to the head. So, but I mean, you know, it is, it, it was, it helped me through yeah. going to go, knowing that that was still something that I could do and being present in that space and sharing that experience with other people, even though they were 
30 feet for me was important. And I don't know how else to say it. it. It may not be the same thing that was important to other people, but it was to me. And um, anyway, uh, again, being long-winded here, but uh, I'm really mask or no mask. We can go back and forth over it, but I'm happy that IFC is open again. I'm happy that sidewalk is open again. I am really, the, I'm going to be honest, the next couple of years, y'all, is going to be so freaking difficult for every single movie theater big, small, or otherwise. One thing we're talking around here is the fact that the doors are open to these theaters, but every studio is putting things simultaneously. I mean, Spiral is not. There are a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, 98% of films are going day and date, same day VOD as they are being released into cinemas. And, you know, even though you may not be fooled, there are people out there who think my TV and my sound system is just as good as the, you know, f- the five story one down there at the Lux. Like it's mm. so there it's harder and harder to get people to come to theaters, period. And certainly with the simultaneous release. Yes. It's so hard. So it's going to be a tough couple of years. But, man, I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we have the privilege to move into the coming era. Yes, I think that's well put. And I'm excited to see pretty much every dumb blockbuster (laughs) that comes out this summer on the biggest screen possible. For sure. Well, thank you for listening to a very long-winded Side Talks. We are your own personal cinematic Elliot and Olivia. Um, Do you know this one? No. I don't either. I've just <laughs> <laughs> what I pulled are these from, just two names? No, I I know. Look, the way that I came to this. So Taylor Swift. Uh huh. I'm pausing right now. Um, Taylor Swift has two cats. Do you know? Well, she has several cats, but her first two kitties, her beloved kitties that were in you know before she got the th- adopted the third one. Uh-huh. Do you know what their names were? No. Olivia and Meredith. Okay. Do you know what that's a reference to? Is it a Grey's Anatomy thing? Special Victims Unit. Oh. Is that a CSI thing? Am I no, right? that's Law and Order. Law and Order. Excuse me. Law. Same difference. Um, ooh, I just made some people mad, I'm sure. So Law and Order, <laughs> I guess that she watches this and that those are references to Law and Order. Sure. Um, anyway, apparently Olivia is played by Mariska... Uh, Mariska... Hargitay. Hargitay. Yeah. Mariska Hargitay. And then, of course, Elliot is played by um, Chris Maloney. The Yeah, the great Chris Maloney. The great Chris Maloney. Okay. So there you go. I've, you Elliot know, and Olivia. This is a weird thing to say. Um, I've never seen an episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. But have you ever seen Taylor Swift's Cats? Also, no. Thank Unless they were in that Wall documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you to you for listening to this for so long, including talk about special victims unit and Taylor Swift's cats and okay I know I know that um, <laughs> this has already gone long but but did you see that uh, Instagram post from Mickey Rourke no. where he talks about how he discovered this show called Law and Order Special Victims Unit and he's watched like the whole series since COVID lockdown no but and he I had never this. seen it before but he's like this is this is what this is what about. cinema and acting is all about I mean this is the real deal it's so much better than that Marvel shit which is hilarious because he was you know the villain in Iron Man too um infamously i love this so during quarantine mickey rourke has both discovered law and order and also starred on the mass singer yeah i mean Sidewalk can't keep this guy down.com <laughs> is that all we've got to that's say it, that's all i got all right bye y'all batwell studios podcast division your words our expertise